Welcome to the Energetic Radio Podcast. My name is Dale Sidebottom. Each week, I'll bring you inspirational guests who will help you bring fun, energy, and purpose into your lives. Let the show begin. All right, everyone. Welcome back to the podcast, episode number 285 of Alison Smith. How are you, Alison? Hello. Good to meet you. Likewise, likewise. Now, I am very, uh, very grateful because I know it is a lot later for you in Scotland than what it is for me in Australia. Um, the beautiful thing about podcasting, you can do it all over the world, but sometimes people have to make exceptions. So um, I do appreciate that first up. And I want to know, what's the biggest win you've had in the last seven days, Alison? I think mine would be um, the beautiful walk I had on Saturday. Talk to me about it. Talk to me. You I love went- it. We we went to a botanical gardens in the borders of Scotland. We were going for the snowdrops and um, it's just stunning. And it was really interesting when I was reflecting on it because it's like, I just love this place. And then I was thinking of other botanical gardens and, and you, you'll not believe me when I say it sort of reminds me of the one I went to in... Um, Blue the Blue Mountains. Oh, yeah, New South Wales. Yeah, yeah, Yeah. New South Wales. And um, it's like I don't know. It's like I mean, obviously, the most botanical gardens have got lots of trees, but it's the the hill, the scenery, the how it makes you feel. So I just love going to this particular botanical gardens. But we'd we'd yeah, it was just the snowdrops were lovely, the stream going through the middle. So that would be my highlight because. It also sort of reset my brain. I like nature's how I reset my brain. So I think it just felt like the next day I was more creative as a result. I I love that. And I think it's very true. And uh, you are very lucky in Scotland uh, to have so much beauty around you. We are in Australia as well. A quick little story before we get into it, Alison. In the middle of summer, I was in, uh, I went to a festival in uh, Loch Ness up the top of Scotland I've never been so cold in my life, and it was the middle of it was the middle of summer, and I'm like, people are in shorts and t-shirts, and I was freezing. Oh, yeah, you <laughs> see, I've only ever, you know, I've only ever come to Australia in the winter <laughs> yeah. for a, for a reason, you know. So, so I was there the last time I was there. I was there for the what would be the summer's, you know, summer solstice here, but of course I was there for June solstice. Um, yeah. Uh, anyway it was a, it was a memory i'll never forget how cold it was and i was like this yeah. isn't summer <laughs> but anyway oh that's beautiful i think uh getting out in nature is something that uh people are appreciating more and more and we actually realize how important it is for our mental health to take that break and um appreciate particularly when you've got such beautiful things around you so Alison, you're an author podcaster speaker coach da, 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 da. It, it goes on and on and on do you want to paint the picture for listeners a little bit yeah, the I suppose 22 years ago went on my own journey of self-development and on that journey learned tools and then started applying those tools with people. And um, yeah, started using nature because, uh, well, actually I started using it in business first um, in terms of I started in procurement in purchasing and I used um, gardening as a metaphor for um, uh, purchasing, gardening and purchasing because people understand that gardens need tending and didn't 
know that suppliers did very quickly realized that oh it's not just gardening it's nature and it's not just purchasing it's life so 22 years ago started using landscapes as metaphors for our lives to solve problems and so a walk in nature is never um the same really once you realize that you can find the answers to your problems by going out into nature so since then i suppose i've just gathered more and more tools that you can use but always looking at things from a different perspective so i suppose my usp the niche i've got is helping people get unstuck so if you're if 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 you know what you want to do and you just want a bit of help that's not me i'm much better if you're going i really don't know what to do i'm stuck and then uh, I think perhaps because some of the tools in the toolkit are a bit obs not obscure, they're a bit um, weird sometimes, a bit unconventional. So you have to be prepared to try them. And if you've tried other things and you're stuck, you're much more prepared to go, yeah, I'll try that. It sounds a bit weird, but we'll do it anyway. And then go, oh. Yeah, that works, you know. <laughs> I um and I think that's one thing that I gravitated to when obviously we connected that landscaping your life. Like I, I'm intrigued. Do you know what I mean? There's so many, I guess there's so many things out there of ways to help and ways to do different things. But um I, I grew up in the country. I I like landscape. I like the nature. So yeah. um when you first started doing this 22 years ago, did it seem strange? Did it seem weird? But then it just sort of I'm guessing the the puzzle pieces just fell together and obviously you found your niche. Yeah, I think it makes sense for me. I think I think the thing is, is that I can run rings around my own logic. So so actually it helped me using metaphor because metaphor connects in with a different part of your brain and it's the part of your brain that well, my brain anyway, that I can't defend against all advice and commas. So, you know, give me a logical reason why I should do something and I'll and I'll tell you 20 million other reasons why that's not a good idea. <laughs> Whereas if you tell me that, you know, I like that seed that's been planted and I just need to nurture it, I'll I'll take it on board a bit more that perhaps I'm not nurturing the seed currently. And yeah, what can I do to be kinder to that seed, et cetera, et cetera. So I think what I like is the and and nature particularly because it's available 24 7 so we can go out into nature you know you could go out now I could go out now I've done it you know I've been I've been here in Scotland and I have somebody in America or wherever doing walks and having conversations about the insight we're getting from respective walks so I think that's the other interesting thing you could use I mean you could use football you could use um, cricket you could use any other metaphor but they're not as as immediately available that if you wanted to turn a corner, you can go out into nature and find a corner to turn. Yeah, I so true. And do you think, just listening to that as well, like everyone's not into football, everyone's not into cricket. I love both <laughs> of them a lot. Like, don't get me wrong, and we could talk about those old tales. And but yeah. nature, everybody loves some aspect of nature, and they understand the importance of growing crops to eat they understand yeah, yeah. planting in a garden trees yeah, yeah. for oxygen and shade and everything like that it, it have you found that it doesn't matter who you are you can, it's relatable it's relatable i think the interesting thing is that we have to be careful we don't impose our own um part of the metaphor that we see in terms of nature's huge 
Um, if you, you know, if you looked out of your window now, if I looked out of mine, it's dark here now. But anyway, if I looked out, then there's thousands of patterns I could notice. I could notice the weather. I could notice um, the tide because I've got the beach here. Um, I could notice the time of year. So there's so all sorts of patterns. And actually, the other reason metaphors work is the fact that our inner wisdom is able to nudge us. Whereas logic, can we can sort of must, sorts and shoulds, beliefs get in the way of us coming up with solutions. Our inner wisdom goes, well, I know what the answer is. I just need to be able to communicate it to the conscious part that can take action. And so we notice different things. And so what you know never fails to amaze me is, um, and I'm sure we'll come on to it, but one of the things I've used a lot is can't see the wood for the trees as a metaphor. But it never fails to amaze me that 22 years later that I can go for a walk in a wood with somebody and they'll notice a completely different pattern that not one single other person in 22 years has ever noticed. And I get goosebumps and I get excited because that's where the penny's dropping for them, that they're seeing a pattern about, oh, you know, oh, there's a tree. What was it? We saw, we saw um, a holly tree growing out of the side of a pine tree in the botanical gardens on some Saturday. And there was just something really very nurturing that that holly tree had been able to grow because of the um, support of of that pine tree that if it had been grown elsewhere then you know animals might have been able to get at it the gardeners may have cut it back but it was sort of hidden in in the trunk of this tree and um so yeah somebody might notice that and then just go oh oh right I need to get the support around me I need to not try and go into the middle of nowhere and think that it's that I should, <laughs> I'm laughing, because I think sometimes that's how I am. You know what I mean? It's like, I'm going to go and stand in the barest of, horriblest of um, barren landscapes and think that I have to forge my way from this barren land. And yet, actually, you know what? Perhaps I can just go and stand next to a friend and do it with them, you know? <laughs> I think, well, that that's, the, <clears throat> I think the beautiful thing about that is, everybody's journey to self-discovery or their their journey in life, Alison, is different. Nobody's got the same track. Nobody drives the same car. Nobody does it the same way. And, and that's what you mean when you go into nature, everybody sees something different. And that's why it is so beautiful. So is that uh, for you personally, when you allow, I don't know, sometimes people need permission to do that. Like, is, is that one of the things that you find when you give people the actual permission to slow down and start looking and, and take ownership of what they're trying to achieve? Um, if they are, you know, going around in circles or they're stuck or anything like that, um, is that where you just like, you know, get the warm and fuzzies, you light up? Yeah, I think, I think there's also something about them starting to take this personal responsibility that sometimes coming to a coach, people think the coach is going to answer the questions and solve it for them. So I, what I like is then if you can hand it back to the metaphor, they're noticing the patterns. All I have to do is ask the questions. And then, and then I love the exploration of the answers to those questions in terms of well, why have you noticed that? Or, um, you know, or, or a question comes to mind about, so what will this be like in the winter? You know, because actually somebody this weekend had imagined a... Um, 
a landscape to depicting their stuck situation. So there's lots of different ways you can use um, landscapes, either in, in reality and going out into, into nature or imagining. And I'd ask them to um, pick an imaginary landscape that depicted their stuck situation. And when I asked about what happens to the weather, what, what changes to the weather could you make to this imaginary scene that would make it better? And it's winter here as, as we record and, um, you know, we have snow here um, and they imagine snow. Now, you might not. Well, I know you do have snow in Australia, but we, we have quite a bit. And the interesting thing is that when it snows, everything goes quiet. It's like all the sound, it's like it deadens the sound and therefore it goes really quiet. And it was as if by adding snow into this landscape in their head, quietens their own inner chatter enough for them to be able to hear and, and breathe and take a few moments that they'd not allowed themselves. Now that's not, all I've done is ask questions they've come up with the solutions and it's those solutions that they've come up with that have changed. I always say it's a bit like it opens a door in our heads that when we're stuck, it's all the doors to all the solutions are closed in our mind. A metaphor just helps us either find the key or open those doors and then solutions appear. You know, people can leave a coaching session going, oh yeah, I knew, I knew what I needed to do, despite the fact that they come into the session going, I haven't got a clue what to do. <laughs> I got, but uh, what you just said, there's a couple of things I, I absolutely love is allowing people to use their imagination, that creativity, you know, that play that we haven't, we we forget, we we get old and we stop playing, but giving them the space to do that. But the big thing is asking the right question. You know what I mean? Like there's the power of the right question is something that people don't realize. And how often do you go into a situation, people go, oh, how are you? How was your day? Like that's a rubbish question. You get a rubbish response. There's no, <laughs> like, do you know what I mean? That is surface level as it is. Or how was your weekend? Good. End of conversation. Do you know what I mean? Like <laughs> the ability to ask a good question is an amazing skill and everybody needs it, don't they? Yeah, no, it's great. Um, and I think it's also about not imposing. Sometimes we ask questions based on our view of the situation and what we think should be the the answer, if that makes sense. So I was talking yeah. to somebody the other day who, who really ha has a lot of judgments about how people should... Um, uh, you know, keep fit and, and eat healthily. But that was coming out over in the questions they were asking. So I think yeah. there's an element of I, that's that's the bit I like. It's how do you step back and just ask a question that enables the person to go on the journey, not for me to go, well, of course, it's simple. All you've got to do is X, you know, whatever yeah. the X is. But uh, uh, what you've just said there really comes back, instead of being judgmental, be curious. Like if you're yeah. curious for anything, then you are going to get a better conversation. You are going to get a better response. But if you're judgmental, like, and I'm sure this is one of the hardest things you face, if somebody has got in their mind what they need or what their opinion is, it's very hard to change. Oh, yeah, but I'm a bit too direct. <laughs> <laughs> Good. Sometimes people have, need that. I know I have been known to turn around and say. <laughs> Talk to me. This is what I want to hear, Alison. Yeah, this no, is, no, this but is it. I have been known to turn around to somebody and say, well, we could. <laughs> 
could spend the next hour talking about that if you really want to, but I don't think we'll get anywhere. <laughs> <laughs> and how do they take that? Is is that yeah, like... there are times that the, the I know that sometimes I can feel that I'm the right cow. Don't know how that translates <laughs> in, in in Australia. No, I get but, that. But, <laughs> yeah, but um in terms of I can be quite harsh in in that if somebody was that harsh to me I'd hit them and get upset <laughs> but what I've been told is that I am I am quite good at um not being harsh where people can't cope with it and and be quite gentle so I think it's the fact that a lot of people that turn up <laughs> for coaching with me need somebody to yank them out of their heads and be a bit harsher with them um and the statements I'm making are true. So the feedback I've had is, yeah, but what you were telling me was right. Yeah. Sometimes you weren't, hard you here, weren't, though. Yeah, yeah. You weren't you weren't having a go for having a go say. You were just you were just reflecting back to me what I needed to hear, but you just weren't flouncing it up with nice words. It's like, yeah, I, there isn't an ounce, you know, there, I think it was one time I said, I, there isn't an ounce of my being that thinks if we go down this path, you are going to find the answer down this path. But if that's what you want to do, I'll come with you. But I really don't think so. Would you Would you allow me to ask this one more, one question just to see? And of course, I asked the one question. It goes in a different direction. And I have to, and I have to trust my intuition on that one because I, it, it's it's right when I follow it. It's when I talk myself out of it because oh, they might not like that. Oh, they want to go this direction. It's like well, as long as I ask permission, I can be, I can tell them my truth, which is it doesn't feel that for me. Yeah, you know, and because the other the other thing is metaphor. And this is another one where I can be all right, whatever. <laughs> metaphor, metaphor does not want you to bring the detail of the situation with you. So I do not want to know about this person said this, it's been here for 10 years. I mean, yes, at the beginning, obviously, to understand the situation. But I don't want us to try to solve the situation with you giving me more detail about the problem. Because all we're doing, and, and that is a very peculiar element, and I, and I know there are tools out there that require you to absolutely talk about the problem. So I am in no doubt that my tools, or the tools that I put in my toolkit, are very much about, we're going metaphorical, I don't want to spend time in, in talking about the problem, because all we're doing is reinforcing why we think we're stuck. You know, I deal with people who are stuck. When we're stuck, we I had this conversation with somebody yesterday. All I got was, but it's the other person's fault. They're they're the problem. They're doing it wrong. And we and, and it's as if we build up this picture that everybody else is at fault, and we can take no no. It's, it, it, and sorry, fault's the wrong word. But it, but we we ascribe the solution is. We push it outside ourselves and say, well, they're the problem. They're why I'm where I am, you know, and we, we we lose responsibility or we sort of hand over responsibility to other people. So what metaphor beautifully does is is hands responsibility back to you. 
you take and I've never you take it ownership. I like that. <laughs> yeah. Well, but the, you, nothing's going to change in life mm. unless you take ownership of your situation. And I must admit, I went through a rough period in my life, and that's because I used to blame everybody else. Oh, it wasn't my fault. I I was fine. Other people were doing all these wrong things. They were the ones that had issues, not me. Um, like you don't change unless you make change yourself. But it's hard. But it is hard when. Um, I can always remember getting annoyed with somebody and hanging the phone up and swearing. And somebody said, because all of this, my journey started when I did NLP, um, neuro-linguistic programming, but then obviously added other tools to it. But I can always remember somebody turning around to me and saying, well, have you stopped doing NLP? Because I was suddenly blaming this other person, slamming the phone down. It's the, I said, look, I'm still allowed to have a bad day. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone's allowed to have bad days, but it's it's yeah, not making yeah. it every day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, yes, I'm having a bad day, but actually, yeah, it, it, so long as I'm getting really, because they were so used to me going, well, there's a different way of looking at it, you know, how I view the world. Because the biggest thing for me was the understanding that how I see the world isn't true. And how you see the world isn't true. Oh, it's our truth. But there is also a, a true, a truth um that we're both seeing and i think i think the that realization stopped me wording things in a way that i'm right you're wrong yeah so it was much more about well this is how i'm seeing the world how are you seeing the world yeah what's your winner what's what's true for you this is true for me where do i need to tell you more information in order for you to see it like i see it how do i need to hear more information from you in order to be able to see the world how you see it um yeah it's um it, it's changing that narrative really isn't it Do you know what I mean? yeah. and everybody's got a different narrative and i think that's it really comes back to again uh the power of the question um a lot of the time people can't get out of a narrative until they have an opportunity through a powerful question. Um, and I know, obviously, as a coach, it's one of the, the best things that you do. But sometimes people's narrative are that stuck in what they're doing that it doesn't really matter, you know, and they will keep going around in circles. Now, Alison, I like to give listeners, and this is really hard because as I've spoken about, everybody's got a different journey. Everybody's got a different narrative. Everybody sees something different in nature. Um, but if people are listening here and they may be, you know, stuck in a little in the mud or, you know, they're going around in circles, have you got just a couple of really simple little tips that maybe, you know, one or two tips that people could maybe just start with today? Well, the first one goes back to what you were saying about the narrative is that when you're stuck, watch for the metaphors in your language already because you've already given them. Yeah. So it's like, so yeah, if you're using going around in circles, I'll give you a solution for that in a minute. But if you look at that's that's where you'll find the answer. So write it down. Or if you feel like, you know, oh, I'm stuck in the rut, or I can't, you know, I can't see the wood for the trees, whatever metaphor or idiom you're using, you're using it to describe being stuck. But your brain knows that there's richness within that metaphor where you'll find the solution. So I think I think the the first thing is to realize that you've just used an idiom that's got the solution in it. And to then go, okay, so what in what direction do I go? Now, there's numerous directions you could go. The the circling one, oh, it's just 
<laughs> Brilliant. The only problem is it's really difficult to do on a podcast. So all I can do is say to people listening is, well, I'll tell you what to do and then put us on hold while you think about it, is I want everybody to think about a situation that they're going around in circles of. Can you think of one? Um, think of one? I'm so don't, no, no, what you don't have to do is tell me the situation. Okay, yeah? all right. So okay. the beauty of this is no detail. As okay, you can cool. see, I don't need to know the detail. Just need to know. But if you And have you got a pen and paper to hand? Yes, I'm right to go. Okay. All right. So, and and so, so anybody listening, think of a situation, and if it's it'll going to take you a few minutes to just think of the situation, just put us on pause. Don't forget to come back. Um, <laughs> Very good, Alison. I like that. Thank yeah. you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, um, so pen and paper. So you need to get a pen and paper and sort of thought about the situation you're going around in surfacing. Okay. So what I now need you to do, and it's and it's the reason I ask you to do it as well is that I can then sort of coach you and that anybody listening can also hear what I'm saying so what I want you to do is to start to draw the circle that you're going around in and just notice whether how slow it is how quick it is how big it is I noticed it was only a small piece of paper it could be that you want to make the the piece of, it might be that you want to imagine you're going off that piece of paper because the circle's bigger than the one that you've got because <laughs> that was such a tiny piece of paper it is a small piece of paper <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I thought we weren't judging here Alison come on I know but and that's fine if you can do your circling within that piece of paper it could be that the circle's bigger smaller so gotcha. so it's about making differences changes to that circling so go quicker Notice what happens when you draw it go quicker. It's messy. Yeah, but but notice what happens to your sort of thinking, I suppose. Try going in the opposite direction. Slower. Slow, yeah. Quite that going changing Whoa. direction quite often helps. What about going round in squares? Hmm. Going in squares or round in squares? Going round, well, going yeah, going round in squares or okay. going round in triangles. Triangles now, okay. Wow. Yeah, so you could try going quicker or slower. Really, really testing my shapes, <laughs> my understanding of shapes today. Yeah, yeah. yeah. whichever <laughs> shape. Um, uh, break free. So you could try and break free of the circling. See what happens if you come go somewhere else on the page or the desk, keeping your pen off the desk. I don't want to be responsible for drawing on desks. But the idea is, so, so all we're doing is exploring the circling and, and telling our brain, I've been describing this situation as going round in circles. And all we've done then is disrupted our way of thinking. So invariably what happens is that at some point, I mean, I had, I had, we were outside, somebody was walking in the circle that they were imagining was representing the circle where we're going round in in life. And I said, turn I'd like you to go in the opposite direction. And they literally just turned 180 degrees, looked at me and went, oh, my God, I know what I've got to do. Now, that's so hard to get over in a podcast because people will go, what? Because they <laughs> weren't there. Yeah to get the insight so all I can all and that is why I come back to what I said earlier is if you are sick and tired of going around in circles then actually drawing it, it oh my god I've got to the end of my tether I'll try anything yeah I'll do what that woman said on the podcast and draw the circle 
Or, and um, so one person, when they said that, said, now, I have no idea how or why they got to this, but they turned around to me and went, so I gave them the instructions. And on my website, there are instructions of how to do this with a few stories about it. I, you've got a PDF about going round in circles. Um, but he said, oh, I've been going round the moon. So when he drew the drew the circles, it was as if to him in the middle of his circles was the moon. So his brain already sort of added a little bit extra to this metaphor of circles and it said added the moon. And then of course his brain then goes, oh moon, I need to get back to earth. And then he said, oh, but the, I'm circling to get enough momentum to break free of the, of the moon's whatever, you know, to get back to earth and so then he drew the circle going back to earth and then went that feels better now all we've done is sort of rewired some stuff in our head that was saying i'm circling in this way i'm stuck by doing a bit of drawing our brain has gone oh i'm not as stuck as i was and there are other ways of looking at this situation We've opened a few doors. Oh, right, yeah, I know what to do. The um, the drawing with that it it changes it changes the situation, and it, yeah, it yeah. you know because people can talk as much as they want, but sometimes drawing it it just breaks down barriers, like because particularly if you looked at what I just drew, then it's absolutely rubbish. Do you know what I mean? But again, that's, you know, that's a, me being a little bit vulnerable and I can now talk about that and it, it allows me to probably go deeper. Is that what you find? Like it, it gets them out of their head by doing something else that they may not be that good at, but then they can see something that nobody else can see like in nature. And it, yeah. that's when the change happens. Yeah, I mean, I think it's very similar to, I mean, that one is also similar to somebody saying, I need to turn a corner. So I will go and find a corner. <laughs> yeah, yep. And turn it. Yeah, but it sounds, I mean, oh, I can't tell you the goosebumps I get because that is the simplest thing. And you think, I, I think every time I come to it, I always think this time may be the time it doesn't work. Yeah? yeah. So I'm going up to a corner. Somebody's chosen the corner they want to go around. I've invited them to think about what they're noticing this side of the corner. And um, and then I just invite them to walk around the corner and notice what they're noticing and what they can see. And then what happens when they get around the corner. And I always wonder, you know, might, might this be the one where it doesn't work? And then the person gets around the corner and they go, but I couldn't see this. Because you can't, you know, if you if you choose the right corner, you what you're now seeing, you couldn't see before. And then when you go, well, look back to where you were. Well, I can't see that either. So I've left the past behind. I've got a new vista full of exciting things that I couldn't see before. And I've physically used my body to embody that. So there's also something powerful about using the body to walk forward into that and around that corner that is powerful. And it, yeah. as I say, it never fails to amaze me every time. And I get excited and goosebumpy and you'd think, well, I'd be used to it by now, but I just, it's the power of, it's the power of that person getting the insight they need and getting unstuck, which is why I think I still stick there helping people get unstuck because there's nothing greater in the world for me than seeing somebody who was stuck no longer stuck. Mm. 
I I love that. And not only that, that by moving their body and, and getting outside and doing something different than just sitting and talking, um, because we all know the power of when we're moving and when we're outside, when we're creative and when you can use a metaphor for somewhere you've gone and now you've moved to the future, it makes sense. Um, and that's <laughs> it really does, doesn't it? It makes, I'm, yeah. I'm just like, yeah, that makes 100% sense. The one, the one I'm remembering, though, was um, <laughs> one of the phrases, again, I don't know how well it translates, is treading water. Yeah, we got that. Yeah, yeah. yeah plenty so, of water in um, Australia. Yeah, so, well, the interesting thing about that is, of course, the water here in Scotland is not quite the same as it oh, is in... <laughs> so I think it's... Yeah, so, so um, on the podcast, there's a... Um, so what I do in the podcast, which is Landscaping Your Life with Alison Smith, is I go into nature and embody a saying. So in the treading water embodiment, I go into the sea here in, in uh, Scotland. So the sea is six degrees, about 43, I think, six, um, and and then <laughs> And then tread water and then share. So I'm sort of doing my, my, my podcast in the water, treading water. You're recording um, this while you're in the water yeah, yeah, at that degrees. Bloody hell, else! That's impressive. The, um, <laughs> I'm thinking about it. The um, what the le- one lady's left a testimonial to say. Well, I, w- I could feel the cold. I was oh. there with them because I'm there, sort of going. Well, I'm here. You know, it's Scotland. It set the scene, and then you can hear me because, of course, I. In order to tread water, you have to take the foot off the ground. You know, you have to tread water, and of course, so then things are happening because it's like, oh my god, that's cold. <laughs> Sure it is. So you're getting all the sound effects. But so, I mean, obviously, if anybody feels like they're treading water, then I do need them to do it safely if they're embodying it. Um, But I think there is something really quite powerful about embodying that, you know, idiom, whether it's treading water. um, There's some brilliant, well, I enjoy doing it every autumn about turning over a new leaf. It's not quite a new leaf because it's an old leaf, but I don't let that stop me. So it's sort of like, you know, going and being a kid again and and turning over all those leaves and getting quite joyful about it because our brain is hearing and seeing and feeling us doing those things and can't help but, oh, I've turned over a leaf there or "I've, I've seen the wood for the trees or I've stopped going round in circles. I'm no longer going round in circles because that's circling. I suppose actually... Again, this is something I've not thought about, but perhaps it's by drawing the circling we're taking control back. Mm, very true. Yeah, as I mean, bad as that circle is. Yeah, if the circling has hold of us and we feel as if we're at it, the beck and call of that circling, by by drawing it and taking control on a quicker, faster, bigger, smaller, um, we take the control back, which I think is what we're doing, I would say, on any metaphor, that we're... That we're internalizing it in a way that our inner wisdom can make sense and talk to that part of us that does want the change. Mm. I So so true. And uh, my work, Alison, and what I do is I use play. I help people use play. And essentially everything you have just mentioned about being in nature, walking around, treading water and freezing water, that's for me, that's not play, that's torture. Uh, drawing <laughs> circles, squares, 
triangles, um, going and throwing leaves around. Essentially, you are allowing people to find discovery through their inner child and in nature through play where they can be creative and they can let go of judgment and that narrative that they've been telling themselves or other people. Gorgeous. Yeah, I love it. Did I get that all right? I, I was actually yeah. pretty happy with that. Is that was that yeah. all right? Yeah, that's good. Yeah, I like <laughs> <Thank> that. <you. laughs> um, so, Alison, where can people find, obviously, your book and your podcast and, and where's the best place to go so people can obviously find out more? Because there are so many coaches out there, but um, I resonate with everything you've said because it is giving people something that they've forgotten to do or that they haven't allowed themselves to do because they're too busy or because it's silly. Like when it's silly, sometimes it's good. The the easiest thing is to look landscape in your life book only because as a hashtag, I'm the only one using it. So you'll find me on LinkedIn, you'll find me on Facebook, you'll find me on YouTube. Um, it is alisonsmith.co is the website. But as I say, if you do landscape in your life, um, the landscape in your life is the podcast um and then the book is can't see the wood for the trees which is available for all from all online stockists um available on kindle or um yeah in you know paperback well i'll have links uh in the show notes episode number 285 so you can go on there and um like Alison said there's pdf so you could try the circling and the squaring and, yeah. and things like that to give that a try um and the, i just think what you're doing is wonderful because uh the more creativity we can allow people the better um and hopefully that allows them to be curious and change that narrative that they're set upon themselves or that they're stuck in um, because there will be something for all listeners today, Alison, that I guarantee they are treading water. They are going around in circles. They do need to turn over a new leaf. Um, but the only person that is going to do that for them is the listener. You can't do it for them unless they want to. So um, I know it is past your bedtime and I do really appreciate uh, you sharing everything you did today and also making me feel a little bit uncomfortable. I, I enjoyed that doing <laughs> the, the circling and things like that. So Alison, thank you so much for, you know, sharing and giving up your time on the podcast and listeners, please reach out and let Alison know how much this meant. So Alison, thanks so much for being on the show. No, thank you. I had a good fun. Even, even if it's late. <laughs> <laughs>